Today's reading is taken from Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 29. It's on the Church Bible, page 788. 788. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crush. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. This is the word of the Lord. I'm going to try something different today. Uh, some people said a few weeks ago, it's very hard to see the preacher from the back rows. And so, given we have headsets now, I'm going to try this. If you don't like it, let me know. But uh, let's see if this works. But uh, yeah, we're in Matthew 7. Do keep your Bibles open. And uh, does the clicker work? The clicker works. Fantastic. Let's pray. Uh, Father, yeah, these are Jesus' words. Help us to listen. Help us to take them seriously. Uh, please speak to each of our hearts today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Great. Well, if you follow the international news, I think this was the biggest news, isn't it, this week? The article in the New York Times, someone who claims to be from the Trump administration talking about, um, you know, uh, how he's a kind of resistance movement, how they're trying to frustrate what the president is trying to do. And everyone is guessing, who is it? And they're being quite sophisticated. They're looking at this article, you know, what kind of things is he talking about? Uh, what words does he use? What, uh, uh, how long are his sentences? Because you can do that. You have a piece of writing and you can work out kind of, you know, what kind of person is this who says these things? Uh, that's very interesting because, you know, is this serious? Is it a hoax? Is it someone we don't know? Or is it even the vice president? We just don't know. But we want to know. And, you know, this kind of idea that a piece of writing, it doesn't just tell us content, it tells us about the author. I think that is what we need to do as we come today to the Sermon on the Mount. So we're finishing the Sermon on the Mount today, but what was people's response? Look again at verse 28. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. They were really amazed at his teaching. But what was the thing they noticed? They noticed something about who Jesus is. 
He taught them as someone who had authority, not like everyone else. The, it, the teaching was different because Jesus was different. And actually, that is Matthew's big point. You know, Jesus has just come on the scene, and these three chapters of teaching and then two chapters of miracles, they are there to convince us of who Jesus is. You know, he's the, the Messiah. And, you know, look, look at Jesus. Do you see who he is? And I think that's a question we need to answer. Maybe you're here as a visitor. You are, you know, who Jesus is. That's one of the most important questions you'll ever face. And also for us Christians, because Jesus talks about people who call Jesus Lord, and yet he says, away from me. They, they, they called him Lord, but they didn't really understand what that meant. They didn't understand who he really is. And so what I want to do, I want to look at these passages and first of all draw out who is this man, you know? Do we see who Jesus is? That's the question we have today. And these are quite serious passages. I mean, I hope you see that from the first one, isn't it? Let me read them again. Verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And there were people here, and, well, they call Jesus Lord. But they don't do something. They don't do the will of my Father. I guess it makes sense in context. Last week, Jesus has been saying, look, follow the narrow way, the hard way that leads to life. And don't follow the broad way. And he's asking people, well, are you sure? Because there will be people... And they thought they were on the narrow way. And Jesus says, no, you're not. Uh, not just because of what they say. They call Jesus Lord. But the thing is, he calls them evildoers. It is their life that's, that's wrong. They don't do kind of the, the ethics, the moral things that, well, that uh, the Father commands. And, you know, these are people who even do miracles, who do... Uh, cast out demons, Jesus says that doesn't matter. What matters is doing the will of my Father. And that's a big shock. But step back a bit. Who does Jesus think he is? I mean, people call him Lord. That can mean just Sir. That can mean, you know, God's name. But what is interesting, how does Jesus think these people do miracles? Can I, uh, yeah? He says, in your name. Jesus thinks that people will be doing miracles through his name, through him. People will cast out demons through him. You know, people look at the Sermon on the Mount, what a great teacher. <laughs> Jesus says, no, they'll be doing miracles in my name. And more, what, what is the scene here? You know, the Sermon on the Mount has all these pictures, right? There's two gates and two trees and two builders. But here it's not a picture. Jesus is just talking about the future, about, well, judgment day. This is what it is about, right? Away from me is, is about judgment day. But it means Jesus is, well, he's the judge. Can you see what Jesus is saying? On judgment day, he's not saying, well, watch out, because God may judge you. He says, watch out, because I will judge you. I may tell these people, you know, I never knew you. 
depart from me. You know, eternity is being with me, but away from me, you evildoers. I mean, who does judgment day? That's God, right? It's the Lord of the universe. And Jesus says, well, I'll be there on judgment day. And it's about me. Can you see that? Who Jesus is saying that he is. He is the judge. And, and, and then there's this thing about the builders, which, I don't know, it's a, people call it the Sunday school story, right? This lovely story. You know, there's two men building two houses. And, you know, one built it on the rock and one on the sand. And, of course, the house on the rock is very firm. A bit like in uh, Hong Kong. Why is Hong Kong so amazing? Well, it's because it's one of the few harbors in the world that is made of rock and not of sand. And that's why you can build these skyscrapers next to the water, and, and it's beautiful. But uh, yeah, they had two builders, they built two houses, and uh, one of them, the rains come and it falls flat. But the, the thing is, we think this is a Sunday school story, right? We, they have the song, the wise man built his... Huh? Do you know that song? And then when you think of the house, well, flat. And this is what you think of. You think of a little child building a tower. But have you ever read this parable where it comes in the Sermon on the Mount? Because in verse 24, it says, therefore. Can you see that? Therefore. So this follows on verse 23. In verse 23, Jesus says, away from me, you evildoers. Yeah, so this applies what Jesus has just said. What is the difference between the two builders? Well, the foolish builder, it's not that he uh, doesn't come to church or that he, uh, he's not a Christian. What does it say? He doesn't. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice. Here is someone who comes to church and they hear, but they don't do it, which is exactly the previous verse, right? about people saying, Lord, Lord, but they don't do the will of my Father. And, yeah, two houses that look good until the bad weather comes. Just like two disciples who look, they both call, confess Jesus until Judgment Day. And so the house falling flat is again, that is Judgment Day. And so this song about the foolish man uh, next time you sing it, remember, this is someone who's been to church and heard things, but he didn't respond, and now Jesus sends him to hell. That is what you're singing about. I don't know if you knew that. But again, Jesus is saying, look, your eternal destiny depends on me, and it depends on my words. Okay? Can you see that? Whoever hears these words of mine. What is God's will? Well, my words. That is God's will. Jesus is not a, a prophet. What do prophets say? Thus says the Lord. Jesus says, I tell you. Uh, truly, truly, I tell you. And my words are the standard on judgment day. Again, who does that? Who is the, the lawgiver who writes the standards for people on judgment day? Who does Jesus think he is? He is not just a judge, he, he sets the standards. And actually that runs through the whole sermon. I mean, I don't know, people think Jesus is this, this wonderful good teacher, people around us. Let me uh, compare this with Martin Luther King. 
Martin Luther King he was this great civil rights leader, gave these great speeches. He was inspired by Jesus. Listen to Martin Luther King, how he speaks. And I need to get it here because I can't read the screen. Here, Martin Luther King. But there is something that I must say to my people who stand on the warm threshold which leads into the palace of justice. In the process of gaining our rightful place, we must not be guilty of wrongful deeds. Let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred. And compare that with Jesus. Jesus says, you know, you heard that it was said, love, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Do you notice the pronouns? Martin Luther King says, we. Jesus says, you. Martin Luther King, he includes himself. You know, he's trying to inspire people. Let us do this. Jesus says, you, you must do this. He, he says, I, I, this doesn't apply to me. I, I'm above this. I mean, some of the sermon he does perfectly, right? Loving his enemies, yeah. But he tells us, don't judge. And he himself, away from me, you evildoers. He doesn't keep some of the sermon himself because he is above it. He is commanding. He's making demands. He is king. He is Lord. You know, Martin Luther King, he inspires us. Right? Here we go. Uh, I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. He is inspiring us. Look, wouldn't it be wonderful if everyone was like this? Jesus doesn't paint a picture. Jesus gives sanctions, right? If someone hears these words and doesn't do them, away from me. Very different. Jesus is giving law in a way, right? Laws, demands with sanctions. And these are the people of God. You know, they relate to God by the Old Testament law and Jesus comes and gives them a new law in a way because he is the new, well, yeah, he is God. He is the Lord here on earth, right? If you want to hear the Sermon on the Mount in a way, listen to Moses in Deuteronomy. This is the kind of language. I hope you see, yeah, this sounds the same. Deuteronomy 30. See, I said before you today, life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. Can you hear it? Okay, there's life and there's destruction, and if you obey. That is exactly Jesus' message, except Moses says, well, keep the Lord's commands, and the Lord will bless you. And Jesus says, keep my commands, and I will bless you. Can you see who Jesus is. We call him Lord, but can you see that he, he sets the standard and he commands the standard and he enforces it, he judges us based on, you know, on his standards. Who has the right to tell everyone in the world to obey what he 
says. Who has the right to send people to their eternal destinies based on their response to him? And Jesus claims to be God. He claims to be the Lord. The Lord is, yeah, it's the name Yahweh, but people use the name the Lord because that is who Jesus is. And he's above us. He has authority over us. Yeah, I, I hope you see that this is not a normal person. You know, people say he's a great teacher. I think it was uh, C.S. Lewis. He came up with his famous, you know, what do you do with this person? No one says these things. He's a liar or he's a lunatic or he's Lord. I mean, people don't say this. Maybe, you know, tomorrow, if you want to test this out, talk to one of your colleagues. Tell them, you know, can we have lunch together? I want to talk to you about something important. And so you go and you have lunch, and then he asks, you know, what did you want to talk to me about? Well, I just wanted to say that you need to obey everything I say, otherwise on Judgment Day I will send you away, and you can't spend the rest of eternity with me. See how they respond. They will look at you, who are you? Well, that is what Jesus says. And either he's crazy, or he's evil, that he is lying, or he really is the Lord. And yeah, I, I hope you can see that. And you know, if you're here as a visitor, who do you think he is? Who do you think says things like this? But what should we do then? If we see, okay, this is our king, our Lord. Well, I think, are you putting this into practice? Are we living out Jesus' words? Because both parables, both stories, it's about doing things, right? Putting Jesus' words into practice. Putting God's will into practice. Doing, not just hearing. And the thing is, you might say, you know, Jesus is talking in an Old Testament style to Old Testament people. That's absolutely true. You know, this is deliberate. And yet, how does Matthew's gospel end? What does it say at the end of the gospel? Well, Jesus gives the Great Commission. And he says, you know, go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them and then teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. Right? After the cross and the resurrection, still, Jesus wants people to obey him in every area of their lives. And of course, you know, he loves us and we love him. That <laughs> doesn't mean that he is not our Lord, right? Why should we do what Jesus says? Well, he's not just a good teacher. He is not just our personal savior. That sounds like Alexa. He is our Lord. And he says, I have all authority and therefore people should do all I have commanded. That is the truth. And, you know, I, I don't enjoy saying it, but that is what he says. And so, are we doing this? Are we putting it into practice? We've heard the Sermon on the Mount now for, for two months. Have we tried to change our life? Have we put it into practice? Because that is what Jesus would say. Right? I mean, so many examples. Let's take a few weeks ago. Don't judge. First take the log out of your own eye. I mean, have you 
have I? Have we done something with that? I mean, well, what does that look like? I mean, first of all, I guess you pay attention in a sermon, right? You, you're not on your phone or sleeping. But then, you know, as you engage with the sermon, I guess you think, uh, does this apply to me? Am I like this? You think about it when you go to refreshments. Uh, you know, you talk to a friend. Uh, do you think I'm too judgmental, you ask? Because, you know, last week when I said this to you, what do you think? And, well, maybe. And so maybe the next day you resolve, okay, let me think about it. Maybe before I say something, let me first look at my own faults, look at the log in my eye. And so you try that, and actually it helps you to say something gentle, because you know you're a sinner too. And then the next day, well, you, try, well, you fail actually, you forgot. And you confess, and the next day you fail again, but the third day, you know, again, you're gentle, and it's great, and you try it for two weeks, and you notice you're more humble. Something like that. You've put Jesus' words into practice. You've done something with them. You've tried to follow Jesus, rather than, there was a nice sermon, and then you just forget it. Right? That is something that it looks like. And, and because this passage does ask us, yeah, are we doing this? Because I think these are scary words. People who go to church and hear Jesus' words and don't do them. And he will say, I never knew you. Maybe that's people in our church. Maybe that's me. You know, no one should take these words and ignore them. Are we putting it into practice? Because that is the the evidence that we belong to Jesus. Now, I, I know what people say. You know, we, we were saved by trusting in Jesus, right? That, that's true. We are, we're not saved by obeying things. This is not a kind of standard that you need to keep. And yet, you know, it's, it shows something. If you are really saved, if you've really changed, people should see that change. I mean, people say, you know, I've, I've, I've asked Jesus into my heart. Yeah, that's a good word. But is Jesus in your heart? You know, the, the real call is repent and believe. And if Jesus is in your heart, well, is he home? <laughs> Next to the church office, there are some new buildings. And, uh, you know, they're unoccupied. Why? There's no lights on ever. If someone was there, the lights will be on. Uh, and if Jesus is in your heart then I guess you would see something. If he's in my heart, there would be a change, a new heart. That's, you know, I used to get drunk, but I'm no longer, I don't like it anymore. I can see the hurt I cause, and it's, you know, there's so many better things. I, I've changed. I used to watch things, and now I think they're disgusting. Something's changed, this is, you know? Not because any of us have done it ourselves, but if Jesus is in you, he will change you. And that means that, yeah, if there's no change, then Jesus would say, yeah, are you, yeah, do I know you? That is what this passage asks. And again, hard words, but we try to teach the Bible. And so, yeah, again, I'm not saying a standard. I'm not saying, have you done this enough? It's 
putting into practice and not. Trying and failing is still a sign of life. Not trying at all, that is something that you need to think about. But in all, I, I hope we will want to take Jesus seriously. Uh, Jesus is so serious here about what it means to follow him because of who he is. And, and as we do that, I think, I mean, I feel guilty. I feel like I haven't taken Jesus seriously enough and many of you will feel the same. And, and But Matthew knows that. Let me just go to the next bit in chapter 8 because how does Matthew continue? When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Now what is being clean? It's not just being dirt, uh, not dirty. Clean and unclean has to do with being acceptable to God. The leper knows, you know, under the law, I'm not acceptable. I need Jesus. And, you know, most of us, we, all of us, we will know we are unclean if we really think about it. Which is why it's wonderful that we have communion. Right? Jesus can make you clean. He made this man clean. He is willing. In love, he touched his hand and he cleansed. And, you know, he does that for us because he died on the cross to save us. And so as we come to communion, come and be cleansed. Come and realize again that you are forgiven, that, you know, Jesus loves you and he cares for you and he forgives you. But then as you realize that, yeah, let it strengthen you to take him seriously as Lord. Why don't we do that? But first, yeah, let's go to communion. Let's, let's sing. Let's sing nothing but the blood as the music team comes up. And why don't the rest of us just stay quiet as the team comes up? <laughs>